I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome to Paranormal Activity with me, Yvette Fielding, where we hear from you the true experiences you've had with the paranormal and we try to understand them. This week, I can't wait to hear the stories that you've sent in to us. If you have had a paranormal encounter with a ghost, extraterrestrial, or something unexplained, send us a voice note into paranormalactivitypod at gmail.com. That's paranormalactivitypod at gmail.com. And you could be featured on the next episode. Now, this week, we're moving away from ghosts and spirits and into the world of extra terrestrial beings. Before we jump into our first story, I have one of my own regarding an experience that I had. Now, I've often talked about uh, UFO sightings with friends and family, and, you know, it's always been a fantastic topic for us all to talk about. Um, And we often get into very heated debates about whether they're real or not, whether alien life really does exist on on a different planet. But All the millions of people around the world, I say, can't be mad or making these sightings up. I believe we're definitely being visited. And I, well, myself and my husband actually experienced our own UFO sighting. And it was really extraordinary. We were traveling to do um, a Most Haunted Experience um, where we meet with members of the public and we take them on on a ghost hunt. And this particular experience was at Rithin Castle in Wales. And if anybody knows the area, it's a beautiful, beautiful area. But to get there from Cheshire, you sort of go on these very windy, uh, country, quiet roads. And it was dark. It was the winter time, And we're driving down a, a, a road. It was a long, quiet road. And you could see the hills in the distance. And it was a very, very clear night. And to the right of us, we're driving quite slowly, to the right of us out of the windscreen, we saw two bright balls of light and they were uh, sort of hovering, weren't moving, they were staying where they were, but they were far enough apart that we looked and we thought, well, that's not a plane, it can't be a helicopter. What is it? That's a bit strange. Maybe they're two separate helicopters or two separate aeroplanes. I don't know. We couldn't work it out. And we slowed even further down because we were really intrigued with these lights. And then it happened. They shot off at such a terrific speed. It was, it was just, it's not possible. There was no way that that was a helicopter or two helicopters, no way on earth it was anything uh, of this world. It, it, it just couldn't possibly be. Well, we both turned to each other and went, we've just seen a UFO. 
oh my God, oh my God. And we talked about it all the way there. And then when we got there, we had to share it with everybody at Rithin Castle. We were so, so excited. And my true belief is, and crazy as this seems, I really truly believe that we were created by another species, another being that we've no idea about yet. And I think that we were left here all those uh, thousands and thousands and thousands of years ago. And over time, they've been coming back, going, coming back and going, just keeping an eye on us, making sure, you know, what are they up to? What are they doing? Uh, it, It really does fascinate me. And as I said at the beginning, all the millions of people around the world, they're not mad. A lot of these people are very, very clever, intelligent people. And like I've always said, seeing is believing. So we should believe. If you see something and you believe it, don't let anybody tell you otherwise. So I definitely saw a UFO. This week's story is from Chloe in Buckinghamshire, who had a strange experience when camping with the Scouts. So when I was 10 years old, I was camping as a scout um, and where we were wasn't far from home. It was maybe like an hour's drive from where I lived and we were all set up in our tents and I was sharing a um, a tent with a friend and in the middle of the night, we all decided to play a game where we had to basically grab some tent pegs and then hide in the woods um, until somebody came and and found us and we, we were in the woods and I had split up from my friend and um, I saw a really bright light. So um, my stupid mind thought, let's go forward into the light. And I I went deeper into the woods and I found some weird things on the floor, just like shapes and different sort of like the way the dirt had been moved around looked really odd. And the light was still in the distance. It didn't feel like I was getting any closer to it. It sort of looked like it was the same distance away from me. And um, suddenly there was a flash and the light completely disappeared altogether. And I saw nothing more. I then went back out and asked anybody else if they saw it and nobody had. So it was just me. And I'm to this day convinced that that was a UFO. Well, first of all, I want to say how brave Chloe is. The fact, I mean, what sort of game is that? Sounds like something out of a horror movie, doesn't it? I mean, yes, hello, let's go and wander around in the dark in the woods and try and hide tent pegs. Why? What a strange game very frightening. Um, but the, the thing that really stuck out for me, and it's quite similar to the Rendlesham case, uh, which we'll talk about in a moment, but the fact that Chloe um, talks about dirt being moved as if something was actually stationed there and disappeared really does ring very similar to the Rendlesham case. And the fact that she saw that flash of light and the fact that she thought she was getting closer to it, but in fact, she wasn't. So had Chloe disturbed something? Was there a craft landed in the woods and she had just come across it and they had left? If she had got close to the object, I'd love to ask this question, and she had seen it up close, I wonder what she thinks could have happened. When the movement and speed of a light cannot be explained, to me, that means that person has experienced a UFO sighting. What about when things get a little bit weirder and more frightening? Now, alien abduction absolutely fascinates me. And one of the most famous cases involves Barney and Betty Hill, an American couple. Now, they were driving home one night. Um, It was very late, I think around about three o'clock in the morning. So there were no other cars on the road. And they both saw an odd light coming at them from above. 
then apparently they both fell unconscious. When they came around, they were still on the road, still driving, but to their shock, saw that it was two hours later than when they had just seen the light. I mean, as you can imagine, that would really mess with your mind and you'd want to know where did those two hours go? So, of course, they uh, had the hypnosis. They uh, had time with um, psychologists. And after talking with these experts, they both told the same story of an alien being on a ship that had abducted them. So many people report being abducted, losing hours of time and then finding a foreign object that was mysteriously implanted under the skin. One such case in America involved an abductee having surgery to remove a small foreign object uh, in his leg. Uh, When it was retrieved in surgery, the object was then analysed only to discover that the odd piece of metal uh, was made up of particles not found on this planet. So what are alien implants used for? This, again, is something to discuss in future episodes. Now, let's talk about one of the most famous UFO cases in British history. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Welcome to Mum's the Word, a brand new parenting podcast with me, Ashley James pregnancy, piles, and all the other problems that come with parenting. I'm not going to be sugarcoating anything. It's all about truths, taboos, and of course, celebrating the amazing highs too. 
Each week, I'll be talking about the journey of being a mum. For me, it's my first time, so I'll have some celebs and experts and you guys to help join me and hopefully figure out what on earth I'm meant to be doing. It's a podcast for all the parents out there, our very own little club. Hit follow now so you don't miss an episode. Mum's the Word, the parenting podcast with me, Ashley James, coming soon. It's the best parenting podcast out there. Welcome back, and now we're going to talk about the very famous Rendlesham Forest case. Now, this has to be one of my favourite UFO cases, and it's probably the most famous UFO case in British history. So Rendlesham Forest is in the county of Suffolk in England, and it's a beautiful location. There's almost 4,000 acres of woodland. It's the perfect place for relaxing outdoor pursuits. But during the Second World War, most of the beautiful forest, can you believe it, was cleared for the building of RAF Woodbridge, where damaged aircraft would limp home after uh, terrible bombing raids. The RAF base was used again uh, after World War II uh, during the Cold War by the United States Air Force. In December 1980, Lieutenant Colonel Charles Holt sent information to the Ministry of Defence. He sent a personal memo reporting the sighting of a UFO. On Boxing Day, in the early hours of the morning, a security detail that was patrolling the east gate of the base saw some strange lights uh, falling, slowly descending into the forest. Three servicemen went into the forest to take a closer look, thinking it may well be a downed aircraft. But what they discovered was to affect the servicemen for the rest of their lives. Two of the men, Jim Penniston and John Burroughs, encountered, can you believe this, a small triangular shaped object. Um, It was 10 foot wide at the base. It looked like a cross between a small stealth fighter and a lunar landing module. It rested on three legs. And what the two witnesses say is that because the woods were so dense, so many trees, there was no way a vehicle could have driven in there, dropped this structure off, this vehicle off, uh, UFO off, uh, and disappeared. It was just too dense, absolutely no way. So this incredible thing happened that they saw the lights going down into the forest and these three servicemen were walking through the through the woods. They see a metallic object, it's glowing, it's pulsing. It's described as a red sun-like light and apparently it was moving through the trees, scaring a lot of the livestock. They were going insane. And then uh, eventually it seemed to break up into five separate white objects going off at different angles uh, in the sky. But what gets me is Jim Penniston and John Burroughs encounter when they were in the woods. Again, similar to Chloe's story, they'd obviously come across something that they disturbed. The fact that they found this vehicle, this this flying object sat on the ground was incredible. I think it was Jim Penniston that actually uh, put his hand on the side of um, the UFO craft and he describes almost Egyptian hieroglyphics that were embedded along the side of this particular uh, machine. It was only years later, and he has been interviewed about it, but he said when he put his hand on the side of the UFO, all this code went into his mind. Lots of zeros, lots of ones, lots of zeros. I mean, unbelievable. He then wrote a diary and he wrote 
all of this code down. I think there was something like 60 pages in total. It, it was then taken to a specialist and it turns out it was binary code. They decided to see if they could unlock the code uh, and see if there was a message in there. And sure enough, there was a message in there. And I can't remember the exact words, but it's along the lines of um, observation uh, of planet Earth continue, which to me is absolutely mind blowing. And I'm sure the government knows an awful lot more than we are being told. But two nights later, after this amazing uh, encounter with this UFO craft, the UFO returned. Uh, Colonel Charles Holt witnessed the unidentifying craft himself. Now, Charles Holt was a skeptic. And upon hearing that the UFO was back, he led a team back into the forest and he made a voice recording. Uh, quote, it's definitely coming this way. Pieces of it are shooting off. This is weird. Then the UFO appeared overhead and fired a thin beam of bright light in front of them. Now, apparently Charles Holt uh, inquired if the object had been tracked on satellite and it was confirmed that it had been and was recorded to have travelled at thousands of miles an hour. Then, stopping at the base at Woodbridge. Now, military radar target operative uh, was quoted and here's his quote. He says, it wasn't like any radar target I've seen. Also, radioactivity was checked at the landing site and was found to be higher than normal. There's so much to the Rendlesham case, and I've just scratched the surface for you. There's so many books out there, so many documentaries. It's absolutely fascinating and something that I really want to talk about and go into deeper. And now I'm absolutely delighted to be able to talk to my guest, John Hansen, author of the Haunted Sky series. Welcome, John. You've become a bit of an expert, haven't you, in this country, John? Well, I, I, I'm not sure I could agree with that. I'm an expert. I've been doing it for, <laughs> in, in the places a, 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 an expert is classified as somebody who's been doing uh, the chosen subject for seven years, but I, I've been doing this for 25. And uh, I mean, there's a lot more people out there doing it uh, probably longer, like my friend Philip Mantle. But um, I, I got involved in this in 1995 when I was just about to retire from the force. And uh, a very close colleague uh, and the policewoman witnessed something highly unusual over the Birmingham area. And uh, that precipitated me into thinking, what the hell? These things can't exist. And, uh, and over the years, I, I set out to interview as many people as I could. I've read that you are um, neither a believer or disbeliever, certainly when you began. Um, so... You know, this incident that you talk about in the skies over Birmingham, did that actually um, sort of obviously it piqued your interest? But at what point while you were doing all these interviews and researching over the 25 years, did you actually think there's something going on here? It has to be, surely. Yes, I, I think within a few months, to be honest, bear in mind, first of all, I have not made any money from this. Uh, it's cost me a fortune. And I know that you're interested in Rendlesham. And, and I looked at, I've got Haunted Skies Volume 8 here. And one of the problems I, I made for myself when I started publishing these books through Lightning Source was making them far too big. This is 500 pages, you know, 500 pages in devoted to 1980 to show uh, people that taking into consideration what Colonel Holt and all the other guys saw, 
I think it's important that you can contrast this with all of these other sightings and sort of 95% of the sightings that are in this book and, of course, in the Holt Perspective book. These are things that you cannot explain. And and um, one thing I did notice um, fairly quickly was the fact that how many people um, had problems after, uh, shall we say, UFO encounter? In other words, getting fairly close to these objects. Uh, the, 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 there'd be problems in the house. Uh, there'd be strange things seen and heard. And this is this is uh, it's just typical of, of a close encounter. So we have you know, like a, a, a paranormal UFO mix, which then one speculates whether in fact if there's an association there are we talking about the same energies are we uh, is there really not much difference I, I, I mean I don't know none of us none of none of us know do we I mean I, I wanted to ask you obviously we, we talked in, in in detail about the Rendlesham case um and Lieutenant Colonel Charles Holt's memo to the MOD is I mean what a fabulous read that is but what part of that whole case really intrigues you well first of all uh, Colonel Holt is a close friend and I've spent time with him and um, ran everything past him because he's commented on a number of British cases and uh, with the the Rendlesham Forest incident uh, first of all, I would like to say that certainly over the years I, I've been to Rendlesham um, along with my, my friend Brenda Butler, who wrote Sky Crash back in 83 with uh, Dot Street and Jenny Randalls. And I wanted to see for myself. And uh, when I went there, walked through the forest, which is very eerie at night. There's there's no, uh, you know, you don't hear many noises of the birds or the animals. And people talk about these strange lights moving around. I used to look at them and try not to smile because, of course, I'd never witnessed it. And I did witness it and I did photograph it. And and I think for me, I have experienced a port of stones where these oh, very hot stones, uh, smooth, round, polished pebbles have, have, have been levitated from one uh, side of the, uh, well, at least one, one area of the forest and dropped onto the forest floor. And of course, you know they've landed because you can hear them. And when you pick them up, they're near enough too hot to handle. And those that, that fascinates me because I did have... Um, some of those stones examined and the stones if you like you can contrast a stone that you could call a control stone that's been there for donkey's years probably millions it's got fissures and marks on it and general deterioration and etc etc et but the one the apport stone looks identical but it is scrupulously clean because i i had all that checked so whatever agency or whatever force is involved is Oh, it sounds ridiculous, but it's creating a stone and, and um, to, to fall. And I have had witness of this myself, which we've talked about on the podcast briefly, but um, ports fascinate me. And, and what I can attribute it to is sort of um, a more advanced version of 3D printing. So an object will go from one uh, area and somehow manage to it transports itself unseen until it drops in front of you and the, the temperature i've picked things up that have either been freezing cold 
or like hot to touch. It's absolutely fascinating. But I get frustrated because I think that it shouldn't be down to the likes of myself and you that are doing these tests. Scientists should be really picking up on this because we're not all stupid and crazy. We're not imagining these things. These things are actually happening. Just moving on quickly. When you have been doing all these, looking at all these different cases, what in your uh, experience do you think is the most common denominator in all of these ufology sightings? You know, is it shape, lights or or something else? Well, I would say straight away triangular. When I say triangular, you're talking about three spheres or circles that uh, appear in the sky. And a lot of people have said to me, well, look, this is covert technology, top secret aircraft. Well, sightings going back to the 40s and I've interviewed people that have said that they've seen these three things appear and then the one will move behind the other three and, and then you'll see two. And then the one will move off over the sky, disappear for a couple of hours and then come back. So I, I don't think that's any covert aircraft. Um, but the triangular, the three, if one just forgets the triangular formation, but the three objects dominate UFO business, if you like, or UFO history, right from the early 40s and, and before even, I think I've got some reports from sort of uh, 1800 where these things are seen. So before we could even get off the ground. and But as you rightfully said, Yvette, you know, I suppose my dad was a Yorkshireman when I say that um, no buggers interested uh, from a scientific point of view, and and they should be, but there is a, a clamp down all, all the way along with this. And uh, but I've no idea who clamps down, but I've heard so many stories up about people that have been threatened. But uh, you know, yeah, it's almost like they don't want us to know the truth you know, about about a lot of things, um, you know, because I think it would cause so much um, upheaval and uprising within society, you know, maybe maybe that's that's the reason why. Um, one of the things that really struck me with the with the Rendlesham case was, uh, forgive me um, off the top of my head, uh, one of the gentlemen that actually um, went into the woods, there were three of them, and, and uh, two of them actually uh, saw this uh, sort of triangular um craft with and it was standing on three legs and he describes what looked to be hieroglyphics um around them um and he touched the side of of the craft and um i watched a, a documentary which completely fascinated me and i remember sending it i remember recording a clip of it on my phone and sending it to all my friends outraged that we we didn't know more about it the reason being is when he put his hand on the hieroglyphics, he said that in his head, he had all this binary code, this code going through his head. And he wrote, I think it was 60 pages in his diary of all this. He remembered it, all this uh, 0101. And then they had it analyzed on this program by a binary code expert. And out comes this information Part of it was, you know, I, I, forgive me, I, I, I can't remember the, the, the exact message, but sort of observation of Earth continue or something like that. Now, how is this not made world news? How is this? This, this is incredible to me. Well, it, it, it is incredible. But can I say that from my point of view, I, I've covered what Mr. Sergeant uh, James Penniston and Airman John Burroughs 
saw, and I interviewed most of the people there, but I, I tend to look upon this as I, I put the evidence together and let Colonel Holt make a comment, and um, it, it, it wouldn't be appropriate to give my comments on this about what took place there because it's in the whole perspective two book and it's also in the whole perspective one book but you know it's like when you're given the full picture or you're given both sides of the coin as it were then it's a matter of you draw your own conclusions and I have drawn my own conclusions with that but I I will say that that the there are so many occasions, for example, uh, and um, it's odd, isn't it, today, but um, Margaret Fry, that you will never have heard of, is a member of the Welsh uh, Federation of Ufologists. Margaret was a young uh, housewife in Bexley Heath, Kent. In, uh, on the 17th of July, 1955, she was on her way to the doctors with her son, and this thing landed in the street, more or less about a foot above the ground. And she described it from, from the bottom as having three um, huge, uh, look like huge circles uh, set at the same distance from each other, forming the triangle. And that is, that is a typical um, description. But sadly, uh, Margaret, who, who's been involved in the subject for probably about 70, 80 years, passed away a couple of days ago and her, her daughter-in-law Celia said well I told her I was coming on here to talk to you and she said well please I have no objection to you letting you know that Margaret Fry has has passed away and and, and um, she, as I say she's so many others like her that, that have had these experiences and I tracked down a, quite a lot of witnesses including police officers but uh, sadly, my efforts to try and raise the flag of, 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 of the fact that this phenomenon exists is, is mostly dashed to the ground because when, when I first started getting interested in 95, BBC, their various BBC radio stations interviewed me. As soon as I wrote a book, bang, never got invited again and never have been invited again. But you tend to deal with this and just get on with what I'm doing. And I, I enjoy meeting people. And it, it's important that their, you know, that their, their sightings are written up because, because it, it's, it, it's, it's history at the end of the day. So we have the triangular uh, object there. We have so many triangular objects. But Rendlesham is absolutely fascinating uh, place and there's so many you, you talk about a port a friend of mine had a plastic elephant uh, ported in front of him and you see my belief is that th this is what i believe i believe that um you know and i have every uh, respect for everybody's belief in how this world this universe was created of course i do um but my belief is that we were created by another uh, species, another, uh, absolutely. And we were put on this, uh, uh, planet. I think that we were, we were left. Um, and I think we have been, uh, observed and we will be continue to be observed for many, many years. I mean, are you, are you in a kind of agreement with that? Oh, I would say so. Yes, uh, I, I do. But, and, and if we're being observed to see how we're getting on, 
Well, we're not getting any many marks out of 10, are we? I know. I was just going to say we really are balls in our palm. We're not doing a good job at all. We really, really are. Um, you know, yeah, it's, it's quite absolutely. frightening, really. And do you actually think, because I honestly do believe that these sightings go back right, as far as you're concerned, sort of to World War Two. So from there, do you think that sort of, uh, when we're in times of stress or when there's world wars or pandemic, I mean, there has been an awful lot of UFO sightings during this pandemic. Do you think that when we get into a bit of a crisis, that's when they come and have a look? Well, it, it may well, that may well be the situation. I, I mean, I do know that towards the end of the last century, uh, for argument's sake, 1967 was a terrific year for sightings, and and, and we've got 77, which is a, a UFO wave, and we've got 97. And the thing is, I have tons of stuff, absolute tons from the Essex area files, and, and I, I can't really. I just can't really keep up with it all because when I started this in 95, I didn't know that I'd be speaking to Yvette Fielding on, in 2021 <laughs> when I've only got up to 1994. <laughs> well, you so, just I mean, that's crazy. It is crazy. Uh, so what are your thoughts on abduction and alien implants? I mean, I watched again another documentary where a gentleman, we just talked about this on the uh, just previous to you joining us, John, but um, this piece of metal that was taken out, surgically taken out of a, of a gentleman's leg when it was tested, the metals were... Uh, you know, weren't to be found on this planet. I mean, to me, that blows my mind. Well, well first of all, if the metals uh, or whatever the, 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 the object is made up of, uh, I mean, for someone to say they're not from this planet, uh, th that is fair enough. And how on earth do we get a, a control sample from another planet, wherever that is, to contrast with, with what we've got? Um, I, I've looked, you know, it's a funny thing when, when so my dad was an RHBC inspector and we lived it, we lived all over the place, Leeds, Halifax, Cheltenham. And in, in particularly in Cheltenham, he used to tend to a, a large, uh, to horses that had got these huge things that were growing inside them, but they were like calcium balls and huge things like that. But over the years, a lot of people have reported rather suspicious circumstances in which they've been to hospital having had a close encounter where things have been removed from them um and, and so yeah I, I i mean i can't categorically say that the implants are put in there by alien beings because i can't prove that but what i can prove is a lot of people certainly uh that people have interviewed over the years have had some very strange suspicious activities that have happened at hospital and mri scans and god knows what but one lady called elaine Waite, she's remarried but i met her in london and she said to me when i feel like sneezing i see ufo and i thought this woman's bonkers and but i went down to see her i went down to see her and she said, I feel like sort of sneezing. I looked up in the sky and there it was, this, this thing in the sky and I photographed it. And she told me that in 1994, she ejected something. She, she had a history of, of UFO sightings as a child. And she ejected this tiny fragment from her nose and put it in a tissue. Mm. I had, we had it analyzed at Manchester University by Professor Lorimer. And he said it was the strangest things thing he'd ever seen and it's a bit like it's so tiny but it's got a round end with a sharp point 
And I kept on, I kept this for a, until a couple of years ago in a file of water. Over the years, I topped up the water. I've got photographs of it. And I was in the middle of moving from a place called Bromsgrove to, to our church. And uh, it was on the shelf in front of me. And as I went to pick it up to, to put it in a, a bag to take away, it disappeared. It disappeared in front of my eyes. I have never done anything like that in my life. I spent hours searching every inch of that room, and it was not there because I couldn't accept that what I'd seen happen. But so maybe these implants, there's far more of them uh, than we know. I, it, it, it's a fascinating um it's all fascinating, but but unfortunately, it is a dangerous. It, probably, as you know yourself, um, you know, with the paranormal, it's it, it's well worthy of investigation, but it can be dangerous, can't it? Definitely, because we've no idea what we're dealing with, and it's the same with what the we're dealing exactly. with. Correct. No idea. I mean, I've been, you know, I've resigned a couple of times from from the show because I've thought I've been so frightened. And I thought, what the heck are we dealing with here? So, yes, I completely understand that. But, um, you know, absolutely fascinating. For those of you who don't know or haven't read uh, any of John's uh, books, they are amazing. I mean, they're so full of all sorts of amazing um, uh, witness accounts. Uh, they're called Haunted Sky. I tell you what would be marvellous. Why don't we meet up in Rendlesham and do a, um, a little bit of a, our own investigation for our podcast? I could, yeah, I could sort that out. I'd, I'd love to, absolutely love to. And I haven't talked, uh, oh, I've said so many things that are coming into, into my head. Uh, yeah, it's sorry, overkill really, but I would love to do that. And, that would and be thank great, you. wouldn't it? I could, yeah. Okay. Well, we'll sort that but out. But please, please. But can I just say, if mm. one thing, if you do come to Rental, don't wear stilettos because ladies <laughs> have been to Rental before, believe it or not, wearing stilettos. Oh, I hope you didn't wear yours and let the team do it. <laughs> oh, you've heard the news about me then, I have know, you? I know, I know all about you, John. Well, listen, it's been an absolute no, pleasure. No, no, I'm not guilty of that one. <laughs> bit Thank it's... you for your time. <laughs> okay. Speak to you soon, John. Take care. Cheers. Before we go, I just want to ask a favour of you. If you've not seen Close Encounters of the Third Kind by Steven Spielberg, you have got to watch it. I was absolutely astounded that my husband, Carl, uh, 50 years, has actually never seen that film. So I made him watch it a couple of weeks ago because um, we knew we were going to be talking about this on the podcast, uh, the subject of UFOs. And he hasn't stopped making strange shapes out of mashed potatoes since. I'll leave you with that thought. But thank you so much for listening to Paranormal Activity with me, Yvette Fielding. We'll be back at the same time, same place next week. Stay up to date with the newest episodes by giving us a follow. And if you've enjoyed this episode, please rate and review. We want to hear from you. So send in an audio clip telling us your paranormal story to this address, paranormalactivitypod at gmail.com. That's paranormalactivitypod at gmail.com. And remember, things aren't always as they seem. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.